Hello, and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude, and uh, I've got Andy here. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Great. It's been a little while. Been some yeah. stuff in the way, but uh, we're Life back. Happens. And, and a little, you know, we're trying a few new things with the Album Nerds Podcast, a little redesign, going to try and shorten up the shows and do it weekly. And uh, so bear with us as we navigate these shark-infested waters, or eel-infested waters, if you're a fan of The Princess Bride. You know that movie, Andy? I love that movie. (laughs) So anyway, let's not talk about The Princess Bride. Let's talk about music. That's what we're here for. Um, That's what this podcast is about. Uh, we're, We're just two guys that love music, have been listening to it all of our lives, I'm the elder statesman of the duo, and uh, we're not experts, we're not paid, we're not music journalists, we're just people who have bathed and immersed ourselves in music from a young age, and this is an opportunity for us to just talk to each other, recommend some things, talk about new releases, and uh, have a little fun and entertain. So, yeah. Uh, Let's take a take a shower and some sweet sweet music. As long as it's ready? separate showers, <laughs> or a divider of some kind, at least. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's jump into it and talk about a couple. So we're going to talk about some albums in a little bit more depth, and then we're just after that. I, I think we'll run through quickly some things we've been listening to that we're not necessarily going to, you know, discuss it at uh, at length. At length. Yeah. So why don't you kick cool. it off there, Andrew? Gladly. Um, so this first record, is, it's a hip-hop record that came out a few months ago, and something that's just grown on me a lot, and I, just a few weeks ago I listened to it, I was like, man, I'm really enjoying this record a lot. It's by an artist named uh, Apollo Brown, and uh, the name of the album is The Easy Truth. If you're a fan of that like '90s boom bap style of hip hop, you know it's kind of made famous by, you know, like Pete Rock, Ghostface Killer in the later '90s. Um, you know, very sample heavy. Um, lots of vocal samples. This is a good, a good record. Um, so Apollo Brown is the the producer and the rapper on most of these tracks is a guy by the name of Sky Zoo, who's uh, from Brooklyn and kind of bops around. He shows up on a few projects occasionally, um, but he's pretty much on the whole record here, and it's he sounds really good. You know, most of these tracks are just about growing up and kind of life advice. Um, it's a free project. It's out on Bandcamp right now. You can download it or stream it for free. Download it for like ten bucks. Um, man, I I really enjoy it. It's got just got a really comfortable, kind of uh, organic. Just it's gets a good it's a good lesson you know, all the way through. Just really easy to nod your head to and sit back and enjoy. So I would I would highly recommend this project. Uh, Apollo Brown, the Easy Truth. I like his name. Mm-hmm. It's not his real name, but uh, well. I, I just I like it when rap guys 
stage names are either their actual name, like Frank Johnson or whatever, or something a little less uh, traditionally hip hop sounding. Yeah. That just makes it a little more fun when someone isn't MC something or other, which I don't think people do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so Everybody was MC something back in, in my youth. <laughs> yeah, a little more creative nowadays. But yeah, it's, I, I thought it was his real name at first, but uh, it is not. But did you enjoy the project or what did you think of it? Yeah, you know, I'm not a rap master by any means. But yeah, I like it, it did sound reminiscent of the 90s stuff um it was palatable and uh just for the problem for me and, and i think this is the problem for people of that listen that are listening to something outside of their genre of choice that just the yeah. songs all sound very similar to me just as someone who doesn't like hard rock or metal the songs all sound the same to them you know yeah it's so true. You get to really kind of commit some time to it to get into the the intricacies of it. Kind of yeah. And if it's not your yeah. kind of thing, then the intricacies are harder harder to find. So yeah, sure. it's not not that it's a you know I can't I can't come to a true judgment, but I did listen to it as I always do with this stuff, and and it's good for me to step outside and and uh, know what's going on in in the in the world. Yeah, so. I think this little kind of subgenre of of kind of underground alt rap is still still kicking out there, and it's it makes me feel good because I I love the sound. Yeah, I'd recommend it to friends and family of that like that kind of stuff to check out for sure. Cool. Shall we move My on? Turn. Yeah, pass it over to you. All right, so I wanted to talk about this album, and it's hard to do. This is a band that probably. Uh, no one's ever heard of uh, Metallica. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I thought it was Metallica, but I <laughs> I checked on Wikipedia and it showed the, the syllables and pronunciation. So <laughs> it's Metallica. Um, so this is Metallica's newest creation. It's uh, their 10th full-length release, first one being in 1983, Kill 'Em All. Uh, and their first album in eight years, which, I mean, I think you and I have talked about this before. I, there's two trains of thought here. One, why does it take so long for guys who are who've been doing this for so long? Why can't they write a bunch of songs and just quickly do a raw recording session? Why has it got to be so much? You know, they they really, really, every layer, every level of their music when they make a new album is looked at once, twice, three times, four times, 12 times, a thousand times. And, um, by like just, the media and their fans, you mean? By them. By, by, by them. them. As it's, you know, it's con- their albums are very intricately constructed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they have to do that. But then there's the other train of thought of you know they don't need to make any albums you know unless they feel the creative yeah, they could just tour and spark be, be sure for the rest of their lives. Yeah. and they certainly don't have to make albums that are actually really good at least i believe this to be really good um okay. 77 minutes long it's a double album i've been listening to the uh streaming version 
which now they change it to the deluxe version. So there's some extra tracks, um, which I have not checked out yet, uh, which will make it even longer than 77 minutes. This one was written mostly by James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich, the the lead guitarist and singer, or not lead guitarist, but I guess rhythm guitarist is is uh, James. He does some lead too, but him and the drummer, who are kind of the oldest members of the band, uh, wrote almost all the songs. Kirk Hammett, who's been with the band since 83 or so, he's the lead guitarist, did not have any writing credits. I guess that has something to do with the fact that he uh, he lost his iPhone shortly before they recorded the album. And it had all of his riffs and stuff on it. Oh. So, so just, that's what... <laughs> just stopped writing music? Well, I'm sure that he contributed, you know, his solos and stuff, but I'm in terms of songs written by him, uh, that's just kind of the story. I don't know what's true and isn't true. It's hard to say. I mean, as we've seen in the news, all the news is fake anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it can, if it, if the fake news can change the results of an election, it certainly can give me misinformation about who did or didn't write songs on a Metallica <laughs> album. Um, one of the songs was co-written by the bassist Robert Trillo, uh, the "Man Unkind" song. Oh uh, yeah, um, stands out. Listen to the record. Got a little funk in there, wouldn't you say? In the bass lines. Yeah, that definitely stood out to me. I heard it. Well, I believe he's from he's from one of those I forget which band. It's one of those metal funk band type things from the early eighties or mid eighties. I forget the name of it, but he was in one of those, so I think that kind of came through. Um I thought that the opening the strongest parts of this album to me were the opening and the closing. Hardwired, the first song, and then Spit Out the Bone, the last song. They were the heaviest, kind of the thrashiest, and I thought it was a good way to kind of hammer a hello and a goodbye. Moth totally. in the Flame, Halo on Fire were really standout songs to me. I think Metallica fans are probably satisfied with this album. It, it kind of spans the soundscape of the Alternica years. I mean, you can hear some of the uh, load and reload sort of songwriting, but then there's also more thrashy uh, old style Metallica here and also a lot of black album sort of um, just kind of aggressive hard rock. What do you think? That's I know I said a lot. So what do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I've listened to it probably three times all the way through and yeah, there's definitely, there's moments I really have enjoyed and moments that I've kind of could pass on. So, um, yeah, like the first track, Hardware, was a single that came out like a month or two ago. It's super fun. It's like old school Metallica thrash metal. Enjoyable for sure. And then, but I like a lot of the longer songs too. Um, Moth into the Flame and Now We're Dead both stood out to me on that, the first disc. And yeah, the last track's about the bone. I think it was, is it probably one of the stronger tracks on there too. Um, yeah, I I like the direction they're going in. I th it reminded me a little bit of their previous record. Was it like Death Magnetic? Is yes. that the name of it? Yeah, I, I think I had a lot of of what I liked about that record is is in this record too. In terms of like you know the songs are like seven minutes, eight minutes long. There's a lot of 
interesting things that happen along each track. You know, it's not just thrash metal for, you know, 70 minutes. There's a lot of interesting composition and a lot of things change up in the course of a song and kept me pretty uh, engaged for the most part, I would say, all the way through. You've got to be a dedicated Metallica or metal fan, though, to... um you know, to kind of write it all the way through. I, I think for someone who's more of a, yeah, I like Enter Sandman or I like, you know, Master of Puppets and they just kind of like a couple of songs, this might be a little much to swallow. Maybe <laughs> taking a few of your favorite tracks and putting it in a, a playlist what might be better for most, but <clears throat> I, sure. the quality sure. stuff, the Hatfield sounds great. They sound great as a band. I, I can't believe Lars can still drum that fast. Like, I need to see it to believe it for sure. But um, yeah, are you a fan of his drumming in general? I know he's kind of. I love the double kick bass stuff. I love that. (laughs) That's some of the best stuff, especially like on Injustice for All. There's some moments where it's just like, how are his hands and feet moving that fast? And it just adds to that kind of car crash feeling, like you're just out of control. Uh, right. That's part of the appeal. Yeah, sure. It's a long, so, yeah, I, long car rash here. <laughs> yeah, you're rolling down a lo- very, very deep ravine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's Metallica. It's good. Um, I'm happy with it, but I don't think it'll ever replace. Like I'll probably still listen to the first four more. You know, mm-hmm. but you never know. Yeah, this isn't the Black Album, but you're not you're not expecting them to reproduce that a classic album at this point in their career. But I would say yeah, it's a really be, solid effort. You know, it'd be nice if to uh, these bands that have been around a while. I'd like, I would love it if they like a Pearl Jam or whatever if they released a new album that was a new classic. I think you'd have That's to like, hard totally to come reinvent by. their sound. You know, at this point, to really things have changed so much. The Black Album came out what in the early '90s. I mean. It's a whole new world, man. Shut up. <laughs> you old, old person here. <laughs> I was an adult when I came out. <laughs> uh, I mean, right. legally. Legally. Moving on. What you got? What What else? What else um, should we talk about? I want to talk about Leonard Cohen, which at the time I wanted to talk about this record a month or so ago. Like It wasn't really nearly as timely but now since he's passed away was it two weeks ago mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's worth taking a moment and just kind of honoring leonard cohen as the artist he was and uh, you know kind of just being appreciative of all the awesome music he, he put out over his lengthy career i agree <laughs> yeah well okay just real quick on this album the title is you want it darker it's Definitely one of my favorite records from him in recent years. Um, and not just because he passed away. I, I really enjoyed it <laughs> immediately after it came out. Um, it's a dark record. It's gloomy. It's it's a lot about death and kind of moving on. And, you know, kind of there's definitely some religious um, meanings to it, talking about God and like meeting your maker and um you know it's a very sparse instrumentally there's not there's like a little bit of piano and occasionally some 
some drumming, but there's not a lot going on musically. And even his voice, like, you know, the dude alluded to there is, is very gravelly and there's not a lot of, there's still a lot of emotion in it, but he doesn't really sing like, like he used to. I mean, this isn't, um, you know, the, the sweet voice of Leonard Cohen that we're, we're used to. Um, this is a man who's, you know, um, more or less on his deathbed. He recorded this from his living room because he wasn't able to actually get into a studio just because of his physical condition. Um, but with that being said, I think it's it's a really strong record. And to me, it, it grew on me pretty quickly. And there's a lot of really honest, kind of naked emotion on this record that I think anybody can relate to. You know, if you're, you know, people worry about death all the time. And this, this record kind of like stares it right in the face. I think it's pretty powerful. It felt to me like the grim reaper had made this album <laughs> kind of yeah. like as a way to, maybe he was uh in writing it maybe he was uh, giving himself comfort but it kind sure. of felt like death speaking um, yeah i think this is on the grim reaper's ipod for sure so i i thought it yeah i thought it was really good i mean the the guy is a legend and his there's some the way that he emotes through his lyrics and, and his voice and you know um awesome yeah, I mean, just, it, you know and he he you know he's the guy that wrote that you know wrote hallelujah which has been covered and covered and covered and covered and covered and i think he did it in 83 and it, it's one of those songs that's just for those who aren't too familiar with leonard cohen that's a great example of and that's such a there's such a deep story being told there with few words and um, yeah, he paints a picture, and that's kind of how he writes. Yes, yeah, very few words, very simple words, but they're just very powerful in how he delivers them. And yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of like Tom Waits or Lou Reed, Nick Cave, any of those kind of darker, gravelly um, singer-songwriters, this record is a Slam dunk, can't miss for sure. Oh yeah, very good. Cool. Glad you enjoyed it. Okay, too. so that was uh, an in-depth analysis of a few albums that are recent releases, and uh, now we're just going to run through some some other notable listens, some things that you know. Sometimes when you're listening to music, and the way that I do it anyway, I'm using uh, service Google Play all access music and uh it gives you recommendations it kind of leads you listen to an album and it says hey you might like this and kinda, sometimes you can get led on a on a journey and you can come across some stuff that makes you think of other things like some of what we were what I was listening to made me think about um silver chair and I started listening to a bunch of their <laughs> albums over again so maybe next maybe one of these times we'll talk about that a little bit but it just you just go in all these directions and it's pretty cool so for me, Power of the internet. That's right. Um, for me, because of the of uh, Leonard Cohen's passing, I decided I wanted to listen to the Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah, and I listened to the whole album. Grace um, came out in August of '93. Kind of an alt rock folk sort of a thing. Sold a couple million copies over time. Uh, David Bowie, at one point, at least is what I found. 
probably in fake news, said it is one of the best albums ever and that it would be one of his Desert Island picks. Really? Um, oh, that's quite yes. a compliment. Um, Was that his only great, studio it, record? It's but, his only st- true studio record that he recorded and finished. Um, he died in 1997. This album came out in 93. He was in the middle of recording the follow-up and drowned. Um, I don't want to get into the whole story, but he was waiting for his bandmates to come to Mississippi where they were recording. He was goofing around in the river and got sucked under. And Yeah, tragic. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind. Of, his dad was a folk artist, Tim Buckley, so it's kind of a folky... For those that aren't familiar with it, I guess it, to me, it was sort of the beginning of that um, new vocally expressive subgenre of music that, and I know it's a little different, that like early Radiohead and stuff kind of played around yeah. with in terms of Similar. more emotional sort of um, vocal range. And, sure. But anyway... Eternal Life, So Real, Hallelujah, Last Goodbye, and Mojo Pen are the best songs on that album, in my opinion. So please go listen to it if you haven't heard it, or if you have and just it's been a while, it's really worth a listen. The, the guy's voice is just beautiful. Nice. He can rock. He can croon. So and the, and the album is really highs and lows, valleys and peaks of all different styles. Um, yeah, also, I would definitely second that one for sure. It's a good record. Also, been listening some more to that Blackberry Smoke album. We talked about it a few shows ago. Southern Rock Country. It's called Like an Arrow. I think it's awesome. It's their fifth album. Um, I'm liking it more and more every time I hear it. Could be one of my favorites of the year. Uh, Waiting for That's... the Thunder, The Good Life, which is uh, really emotional. If you listen to the album again, listen to The Good Life closely it's one of those father-son storytelling songs about you know advice he got from his dad and he's Mm -hmm. got kids now and you know the kind of thing that can bring a bring a tear to your eye no just make him a little misty if you listen too close uh (laughs) and uh, free on the wing the last track i think is is awesome very almond brothers um charlie star the lead vocalist is I really like it. It's got a country twang, but it also reminds me a little of Chris Robinson from the Black Crows. Uh, And that led me to another recommendation that that, uh, Google Play was like, hey, you might like this band, Whiskey Myers, which I did. Uh, Album is Mud. Just came out this year. It's like a southern rock country. Uh, Red Dirt is one of the new subgenres, I guess, um, which I think re- re- relates to the color of the earth in Oklahoma. Um, sure. It, rem- it reminds me a little bit of the Kings of Leon, but grittier, more country-y. Uh, but vocally, it reminds me of that a bit, uh, kind of the direction I thought they would go in instead of the more alternative pop sound. Um this is kind of a down-home album. On the River is really good. Deep Down South uh, and the song Mud, which is more rocky. And the vocalist really can, he can he can holler, he can scream a little bit. And, and I like it. It's, it's gritty. So those are a few of the things I've been listening to. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I'll just toss a few names out there that I've been listening to as well. Uh, the new Nora Jones record came out. I think it was 
early October, end of September. Um, it's called Daybreak. It's definitely worth listening to um, if you're a fan of that kind of vocal jazz style. She's still putting out good music, and quick, but I'm question. enjoying that. Question. Yeah, is she still playing guitar? I know that she was a piano only in the early days, and then she did a didn't she do a guitar album at one point? I don't know. There's a lot of piano on this record. I'm not okay. sure if she's playing or just singing. I know she obviously sings through the whole record. Um, not sure. Um, but I know she's back with like her old producer, who kind of back in the early 2000s or when she won the Grammys and stuff. I think she's kind of teamed back up with that recording studio there, and it's got a very good sound to the record. Um, yes, yeah, a hip hop record from an artist called Saba. It's called the Bucket List Project. It's basically it's kind of a cool concept record. Um, it's a bunch of features from different um, MCs. Kind of talking about what what they wish they would do before they die, you know, kind of what they want to cross off on their bucket list. It's a fun, it's a fun kind of like story based uh, listen from uh, Saba, and another hip hop project, Scarface or Zarface, excuse me. Um, some members from Wu Tang Clan. It's like a comic book uh, themed um, collaboration. Uh, they have a new record out called Fistful Apparel. I absolutely love the sound and the storytelling on here. It's kind of a goofy record, but uh, very much in that Wu Tang style. Um, it's a good, it's a good listen as well. All right, thanks. I I, I haven't checked any of those out yet, but uh, that's kind of what this section of the program is all about. The Czar face does sound interesting. Czar I guess that bucket list thing does too. Is the bucket list is one of the bucket list items to do an album about bucket lists because <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. All right, so uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about. Well, I like to share a little musical memory once in a while. I think we're going to do this just once in a while, maybe every other show or so. I don't know if you have anything to talk about this week, but um, oh, go ahead. Speaking of Jeff story. Buckley, I'm going to talk talk about meeting him. What were you going to say? Oh, I said, go ahead. I, I'm curious to hear the story about about Jeff. Okay, so uh, I was really into the whole grungy Pearl Jam type of thing, um, and I had a friend who was a little more. He listened to all sorts of stuff. And he was always trying to get me to listen to, you know, experimental stuff like Jeff Buckley. And I'm like, yeah, this sounds girly. I don't know about this. And uh, he's like, let's go to the show. So the, uh, him and his band were playing at this little crappy club in uh, I think it was 94 and um, like you know the downstairs was like a dance club and the upstairs was just this one room with some old folding chairs and stuff and and uh, so before the show I was hanging out outside smoking a cigarette as all of us grungers did and mm-hmm. was talking to a dude and smoking with him and it was Jeff Buckley and I just didn't really connect it uh, <laughs> you know just shooting the shit about whatever and uh don't it, it all kind of all the conversation disappeared from my mind as soon as they took the stage and i was like oh and then i couldn't remember anything we yeah. actually <laughs> talked about um the show was incredible they rocked they rolled um at one point during the so he did not play hallelujah 
but he did come on for an encore after uh, the band they were done playing. He came back out alone with an acoustic guitar, and I swear, everybody in the place sat on the floor. Wow. <laughs> Everyone just sat down. Wow. A few That's people impressive. were going, hallelujah, you know, but he didn't play it. <laughs> but everyone just sat on the floor and watched, and he he did like three or four songs. And wow. um, I tried to find the set list online. It's so long ago, I don't remember the exact songs, but it was awesome. It was a great experience. I was after the show. I was walking around with my friend and being like, "Oh my god, dude, that was like going to <laughs> church." Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he had uh, that power. but then. And you know, just mesmerizing, hypnotizing. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's especially when you're young. I think you can be affected more deeply by that stuff. And sure, it was very cool. Now, over the years, I was able to brag. After he passed and everything, people were like, "Oh, Jeff Buckley!" You know, there was that kind of renaissance where people were discovering him. People a little younger than me, and I got to right. be the cool dude who actually met him and saw the show and. That was like a thing, one of my things. Well, in about 2000 or 2001, I went to see a band named Ours, and uh, nobody was really there. It was a radio station thing, and Ours is playing, and they were really good, and the vocalist sounded, to me, a lot like Jeff Buckley and had that same sort of wailing falsetto range, and I was blown away. So after the show, that band comes down, and I'm like, oh, that was like... It reminded me of Jeff Buckley. That was so awesome. And I met Jeff Buckley, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we were friends with Jeff. And I was just like, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm not so cool after all. <laughs> we don't like being compared to him. Oh, oh. shrink, shrink, shrink. So, Never mind. So meeting Jeff Buckley led to highs and lows for myself. Uh, that's cool. I actually got to meet him, man. Living there turns like quite the legend in that folk music there, man. It's cool. Yeah. So uh, before we go, I just want to talk a little bit about our sponsor, Maker's Tea. Now, I don't know about all y'all, but I'm a coffee guy by nature. Have been for a very, very long time. But I do try to cut off my coffee intake because I'm getting older and I need to get my sleep. So I try to stop at 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I really never thought much about tea beyond Lipton or Snapple. But the folks over at Maker's Tea sent me some loose leaf fancy teas with instructions on what temperature and how long to steep it in the uh, bags they provided and the scooper they provided. And it's pretty freaking good. And it gets me that hot liquid injection that I need in the late afternoon. I don't know if they would appreciate that as their logo or, or as their as their new catchphrase. But anyway, this episode has been powered by the great tea over at makerstea.com. You can actually get a discount by listening to this tirade of mine. Use the coupon code ALBUMNERDS, two words, lowercase, for 20% off at your next order. At, uh, so Maker's Tea, making great tea easy at makerstea.com. Awesome. That's yes. www.makersatea.com. Yes. yes, thank them for their support. Yeah, you're a tea it. man. 
Oh, I love my tea. I'm drinking some tea right now. So I get my sexy voice. Ah. Well, maybe they ought to have a special sexy voice tea. I like the... (laughs) (laughs) What was the kind I told you I like the... um... The oolong. The oolong, yeah. That stuff's really good. It's got like a nice flavor to it that I didn't expect. It didn't just taste like tea. It tasted like something better. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I think that's it for us here at the Album Nerds podcast. So we're going to say goodbye for now and uh, go to albumnerds.com. Listen, subscribe, send us any feedback you have, please. Uh, we're also where else are are we available on the podcast, sir Andy? We are available everywhere that you are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere, everywhere, and our website, of course, and the website albumnerds.com. Albumnerds.com. That's where you go. Yes. For all the music information you can stand. Please give us feedback. Let us know if you have any cool stories that you want us to tell. Uh, your musical memories we'd be happy to uh, do that and I promise we will start getting playlists up probably uh, doing a Spotify version and maybe I'll do a Google Play music version and we'll split that up what do you think Andy? sounds like a plan to me ooh taking a sip of tea are you? okay bye (laughs) see you next time (laughs) bye I love everybody bye oh